everybody, we're back, and this week we have a really awesome interview. It's with Ed Buckley, the CEO and co-founder of an awesome company called PeerFit. They're based out of Tampa, Florida, and I got to sit down with him and talk to him about what it's like going through Series B funding, uh, what it's like working with Enterprise Health, with insurance companies. So if any and all of that sounds interesting to you, uh, please take a listen. So I'm here with Ed Buckley from PeerFit. Hello. It's so lovely to see you. It's great to see you. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about PeerFit, what you guys do, and what you guys do for customer success because you are going into Series B funding, yep. and we all know that some customer success data is very important there. So we're going to talk all about that. It's a perfect time to have this conversation because we are deep in our customer success <laughs> metrics, as we are all the time, but mainly right now, you know, going into uh, being reviewed by outside investors. Yeah. So. so how? tell me a little bit. Well, one, let's start with talking about PeerFit. Yep. Um, tell us about how you guys got started. You know, it's an interesting thing. I was back in Gainesville in grad school. I was a fitness instructor doing grad work in public health policy and health behavior. And, you know, it, it just kind of dawned on us. So I have a co-founder, Scott Peoples, mm -hmm. and he's absolutely amazing. Um, and, and it really kind of just hit us that group fitness is so compelling. It's the number one reason why people join a gym and leave a gym. Mm -hmm. Yet they were all bundled up, right? They were bundled up and you had to consume it from one place at one time through one restrictive membership. And at that time, the only way you could find things were like printed out PDFs. So we needed, we needed to digitize them, we needed to unbundle them, and as we got into that, once again, building a great consumer solution, we realized that the ultimate goal for us wasn't just to build a consumer solution, it was to build an enterprise solution that was consumer worthy. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've never really looked back since, and uh, Scott and I have gone from moving the company to Tampa to do the Healthbox Accelerator, yeah. you know, pretty much just being the two of us, mm -hmm. to we have over 30 people that work at PeerFit now, all over the country. Uh, we've got people that have just graduated college all the way to industry executives who were you know, senior vice presidents at Aetna and, and Cigna before and came over to work with this you know, scrappy, gritty startup because <laughs> of, I guess, you know, the culture that we bring. And it's funny, we're a completely remote company and, and we got voted uh, one of the best places to work in yeah, Tampa Bay. Congratulations. Thank you. But it's cool because we're not a place. So yeah. that, was, that was the ironic part about it is that our culture is so strong and we have such a presence in the cities that our employees work um, that we were still voted one of the best places to work. Yeah. I mean, you work out all the time with these. So like, I mean, I've been to workouts with you and yeah. like, you know, Claire, who's interning for you. Like we all go work out together and that's super fun. Like that's, a, that's culture yeah. and that's really important. It, it's funny. What we see is... That culture we built inside of our company, whenever an employer gets peer fit, it's like we've infected them with this peer fit <laughs> virus, right? Yeah. This highly social, cultural fitness virus that spreads through them. And, and companies that on paper would have nothing to do with that before, right? Blue collar, um, very rural, not in a place where there's even a lot of studios, and then just something about you being able to do stuff with your friends and family and making it so easy. Yeah. They start going to class. What inspired you? Uh, what led you to this path? Yep. It's kind of a pretty simple premise for us, which was wellness was broke. Wellness was stale. When you tell somebody who works at wellness, they roll their eyes <laughs> and they think of kind of a boring HR manager doing a lunch and learn and giving out gift cards for doing a walking <laughs> challenge, right? Like that's, yeah. that's wellness. And so we said, look, it should be fun. It should be sexy. And 
what we wanted to do was not build something from the enterprise side to the client. We wanted to look at the client first and say, what is it that they're already doing? What is it that they love doing? Let's build that backwards into an enterprise health solution. Um, so when we look at individual users, there's a handful of things that we saw people love doing nowadays. They love going to studios, mm -hmm. right? Big box gyms weren't the solution. Certainly not year-long memberships where you get tied into one place. So they like studios and they like hopping around between multiple studios. There is no one solution for anyone. They like going with their friends and family and coworkers. And lastly, even if you could deliver all those things, they don't want to have to take an extra step to track, do reimbursements, do any paperwork. So that, that's just a non-starter. So when you kind of roll all of that up, then you also look at whoever is administering it can't have any extra work to do. Mm -hmm. right? If we came in and said, we have an amazing solution for you, but it's going to require you to do extra work, HR manager, benefits manager, wellness director, they're just going to say no. Mm -hmm. So we had to make both sides win. And we actually found there was a really unique model that has nothing to do with fitness, wellness, uh, that we could copy. And I think about when I was a kid, my mom would give me $20 and she would say, go play at the arcade. And even at you know, 10 years old, I knew how to manage the tokens that I was going to spend for the next hour. Mm -hmm. So I take my money, I turn them into tokens and I'd go play skee-ball, which was one token, and I'd play Miss Pac-Man, which was two, and there'd be the really cool new X-Men game, and you know, that was only four tokens, so I could only <laughs> play it once or twice, right? I couldn't play it a lot. But like, you understand when you're 10 years old how to manage that, kind of a piggy bank. Yeah. So that's what we wanted to do for wellness. What we do is we have the employers and the insurance carriers basically convert their money into these digital tokens, mm -hmm. and it allows their individual employees of, of the plan to go out and use their tokens. Maybe, you know, Bootcamp is two credits and Pilates is three and Bar Method is three. You'll know how to spend your own tokens. We knew how to do it when we were 10 years old and we surely haven't forgot it 40. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've used PureFit. I love it. And I, I, when you're explaining the token thing, that's kind of funny because, you know, you do use the tokens. I'm like, okay, how do I want to spend my three? How right. do I want to spend my four? You know, you have your classes that you love that, you know, might be the three, but they're worth it and yeah. things like that. And I, I mean, I know you really mostly, um, you do focus a lot on like businesses and like selling it to, um, like at a more enterprise scale, but like me as an individual user, like, I love it for that as well. So, and, and, and frankly, like <laughs> that was what was important to us. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to have an enterprise solution that was just better than the others. Mm -hmm. We wanted it to be able to stand on its own, that someone would spend their own money and use it and say, I love this as an individual consumer product. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens to be an enterprise health level project or product. Yeah. I mean, I came back to Tampa and I immediately filled up on some pure fit <laughs> points. So I was like, I want to get my fitness in, but I don't have a gym membership. Right. But, and like, I don't want people like, and you go, you spend a day at a gym and you're like, oh, it's $15 just to work out. But with PeerFit, you're getting classes and you're like going with your friends. And, it's, and once in, it's called PeerFit, not individual fit. Exactly. Right? Yeah, like it's, it's not so even special. about the fact that you can hop around. Like if you just want to hop around to classes, there are other discount programs you mm -hmm. can do that. Mm -hmm. The fact is, you know, when you log into PeerFit, you're immediately going to be like, okay, who's going to what class? Yes. Where else are other people going? I want to go with my peers. And that's why we named it PeerFit is we never wanted to build a program that was about you on your own. It was always going to be about you and your support group. Yeah. And I think that's a really unique thing with PeerFit, and I really enjoy that. Well, tell us, like, can you tell me about what it's like, like, when you first started going into these companies, pitching them PeerFit? Yeah. What was that like, and how did you, how did you break through on some of those tougher ones? Well, you know, at the time, it was a long sales cycle because we would walk in and say, 
I've got something that I think you're really going to love. <laughs> and you can trust me because we've done a pilot with individuals and we know that individuals like it. Mm -hmm. We've never done it as an enterprise, but it makes sense to us. Yeah. But they didn't buy it, right? Okay, yeah. And they're sitting here saying, you don't understand. We're, there's so much bureaucracy and blah, 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 all the excuses, mm -hmm. right? Luckily, one of our earliest companies, we had a great champion. She actually works at PeerFit now. Oh, nice. Um, and I remember the first conversation we did with her. She was very, like, sparky Australian. And I was like, oh, man, she's going to be the greatest thing for us. Mm -hmm. Right? She got it. She loved it. And she was not going to take no for an answer from her superiors. Yeah. Um, so just bringing us up the chain, we had to pitch a lot of times, right? Pitch to her boss and her boss's boss and her boss's boss and then the CEO. Mm -hmm. And then they changed CEOs. And, oh, God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, right, right. So, so it's, it, it was an interesting thing and it ended up taking months. And they were our first really big client, right? 5,000 employees, wow. okay. multiple sites, healthcare system, lots of bureaucracy going through contracting. And what was cool from a data perspective was we actually pulled their data to see what their numbers looked like before PeerFit. Yeah. Okay. So they had an on-site gym, which like three people out of 5,000 went to, and they had a uh, subsidy to the YMCA. However, the YMCA was supposed to be shutting off people's memberships if they didn't go, but they're a big box gym, so mm -hmm. they didn't, right? Yeah. Uh, we pulled and we found that 75% of the people that had had a fitness subsidy that year hadn't stepped in the gym one time. Oh, wow. Insane, right? Yeah. So St. Vincent's, from their data perspective, they actually said, we don't care if you increase the number of people that are exercising, we just want to balance that ratio of mm -hmm. inactive to active. Mm -hmm. Well, for us, luckily, that set us on a path that has really shaped our foundation of our data always starts with active and inactive. Mm -hmm. I don't really care if you enroll, if you never use PeerFit, we're not going to allow you to draw down your company's tokens, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want people paying for people that are inactive. Yeah. So we have always been able to report, well, here's everyone who's enrolled, Here's the ones who are actually active this month, and here's where they're going. Mm -hmm. And we were able to quadruple the number of people that were actively participating in fitness classes wow. um, from pre-post, and it went up every single month for the first six months. So it was really cool. That's incredible. And then, so that was your earlier, like one of your earlier customers, yeah. and then you were able to take those types of numbers and kind of... Absolutely, right. Yeah. So think of how much easier the second pitch is when he yeah. says, hey, here's a big company, we get bureaucracy. Number two, we understand contracting, we understand payments with them, and let me show you what it looked like before and after. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What do you think, or do you have any data now as like what made it, what made the difference with PeerFit? Like what made it sticky for those people? I think what I always tell people is PeerFit's not a wellness solution. Really, we're a financial solution, right? We give <laughs> transparency on your spend, but we allow the wellness solution to occur, which is your peers. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about what you said. You come back to Tampa, and the first thing you're thinking about is, okay, where are my friends going to classes? Where can I go to classes with these people? Mm -hmm. I think what we do from a behavioral standpoint is we don't come to them and say, be fit, be active, go work out. What we do is say, hey, just get together with your coworkers, and you guys get together. Like, mm -hmm. find something to do, and by the way, that something will end up being a physical activity, right? Pilates, yoga, boot camp, boxing, whatever. But it's, it's about your peers first. It's about social first. Mm -hmm. And once again, whatever the activity happens to be, luckily, is a physical activity. Yeah. So uh, I think the data would support that. I remember St. Vincent's, our, the first rollout. I was actually there, and we had done a soft launch on, on the Friday before, and the full launch was Monday. And all we did was send out an email and say, this is your new benefit. 
You guys can sign up if you want to. By the time I came in Monday, there was people who had already logged on, reserved class, gone to class, showed up to the um, rollout just to introduce herself and say, I'm Susan and these are my three coworkers and we've already been to class once and now every week we're gonna go to class together. Oh, and by the way, we haven't been to the gym in 10 years. Oh my God. It was amazing. And once again, yeah. on paper, you'd look at these women and say, they're not the people that you're gonna attract with wellness program, right? Mm -hmm. they, they were not the, the leanest BMI or people that are marathon runners or you know 30 years old. This was an average American. This was you know, over the age of 45, hadn't been to the gym in 10 years, and what excited her was that her and her girlfriends could figure out where they wanted to go and they got to go. Yeah, it's a flexibility. You have so much flexibility. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I mean, I obviously love it too. Okay, but I want to talk about also you uh, work with insurance companies. Mm -hmm. um, and so tell me a little bit about what it's like um, working with them and selling to them and getting them on board and things like that. You know how in like Tough Mudders, they talk about you have to crawl through mud and get yeah. shocked by wires? <laughs> yes. That's kind of what it's like working with insurance companies sometimes. <laughs> nice. uh, no. So, you know, I think about what we just talked about with that first client, mm -hmm. that you had to have some leverage when you went in there. And, and we knew ultimately, if we we're going to be enterprise health, that we should be selling with the insurance companies. But there's no way we could walk into a carrier the first thing and say, hey, uh, you support millions of lives and do billions of dollars a year, but you should listen to this startup uh, about <laughs> something that we have no data for. Mm -hmm. So we knew we had to kind of climb the rungs of the ladder, which was get a couple of employers that could prove they use it. Take that to insurance brokers. Get a couple of brokers who enjoyed selling it. Then take that to the carriers and say, hey, some of your brokers you use are using it. Some of your clients are already using it. Maybe you should look at integrating this into how you operate. So, you know, we work with carriers in the sense of we invoice them for their dollars and we just process their money, mm -hmm. right? There, there are groups like United mm -hmm. that we have no relationship with at all, but we process their money, right? We constantly mm -hmm. are turning their clients' money from United Wellness dollars into BeerFit credits, mm -hmm. which yeah. is fantastic, right? Yeah. We'll happily take their check any day of the week. <laughs> uh, but then there's groups like Aetna mm -hmm. who really saw I think kind of the long-term value here, right? Not just this is a better solution today. What can you do with a data-driven incentive? What can you do with a digital token long-term, right? There's a lot of opportunity there. And so they went from just being a carrier who really liked it and supported it to doing a pilot in North Carolina, then in South Carolina, then in Florida, then New York City, then New Jersey, then yeah. in South Florida, right? So it's really taken off with the Aetna team. Mm -hmm. um, the relationship that we've been able to, to form with them has been fantastic. And like I said, uh, we love supporting them. They, they, they get it. They know how to place it. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a nice little, I always talk about like complimentary kind of marriages of they have books of business and they're looking for amazing point solutions. We have a great point solution, solution and we're looking for someone to distribute. So it works out really well. Okay, yeah. So Aetna, Aetna's been a really great way. They love it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. awesome. And uh, now you are entering Series B funding. Mm -hmm. um, and let's talk a little bit about uh, what that process has been like for you and what types of, because, uh, you know, VCs always want data and they want, you know, to mm -hmm. know what they're investing in is, you know, worthwhile. So what has that process been like and what have you kind of, what kind of data have you gathered to kind of, Pitch in that so you know how if you've ever been to Tough Mudder, how you crawl yeah. through mud and get shot, right? So it's not <laughs> that dissimilar, right? Not that dissimilar from working with insurance companies. So 
If people want to know what it's like fundraising with VCs, um, a story that happened this week is probably the most poignant example. Last month, we were putting together kind of our preliminary materials, mm -hmm. and we put together all of our projections, and we tried to keep them as simple as possible with directly correlated to our existing funnel, right? Mm -hmm. So everything was baked off of that logic. And they said, this is way too simple. It needs to be off of all your operational data. Mm -hmm. So we actually hired somebody who does all the due diligence for these VCs and said, hey, come do this with us. It's the most in-depth thing I've ever seen in my life. Then we sent it out yesterday, and all I heard back was, well, this is too detailed. Oh, God. So, so if you ever want to know what it's like, that's what it's like. Um, so, you know, prepping for funding, the way that, uh, you know, I personally view it, and that's kind of the hat I wear at, at PeerFit, is, is Scott uses the resources, and I'm the one who goes and gathers them, right? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't wait till you're ready or need funding to start. So I, I spent May and June kind of on like pre-tour, going around and visiting some of the VCs, uh, visiting different groups, giving them that early pitch, letting them know our story, um, letting them know what we were going to have when we were going to be coming into this. So it's kind of like before a comedian goes on big tour, they mm -hmm. go to like nowhere places just to try out their act and see what sticks. Yeah. So that's essentially what we did in May and June was really mm -hmm. take it out, see what the feedback we were getting, see what we needed to put together. What did we need to prep for? Where were their holes? Where were there not holes? Um, and so, you know, this week we were out officially kind of doing those, those final pitches now. Um, luckily, we're not starting from scratch, right? We've got a lot of interest. Um, when you've grown the way that we've grown, when you have some of the partnerships and traction, you know, with national partners, whether it's MindBody, who, you know, works very closely with us on the studio side, uh, once again, whether it's us processing dollars from a United, a Cigna, or having, you know, the Aetna team starting to place it, um, I think the writing is on the wall to everyone who knows how to look for it, that this, the, the traction's there, and that by 18, 1118, when the new insurance year starts, mm -hmm. This is going to be integrated at a lot of places. Okay, so 2018 is going to be a really cool big year. Yeah. Um, right now, like, I mean, well, actually, we never went over, when did PeerFit start that year? Okay, so 2011 is when the idea, like, really came to us, right? Okay. We are in grad school, and so we spent the next two years, once again, kind of building the idea of unbundling fitness, getting gyms to give us permission to unbundle, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, we're breaking your model. We're taking away your known uh, subsidized revenue. Mm -hmm. So it was us kind of cutting our teeth with the gyms and building that validation so that we could go into the pilot of unbundling fitness in general. And when we did that, that is what got us into Healthbox, and that's what took us down the path of enterprise health and never coming back. Okay, cool. Yeah, in a good way. I just want to put like gro this growth into perspective, yeah. and like where you know, because like we never went over like the actual. So 2011, and it's mm -hmm. like only six years. Six years, right? Okay, and and the thing about it, we've only been enterprise health for like three, okay, not even three, yeah. two and a half years. So we've essentially gone from selling to our first employer to working with the largest national carriers in two and a half years, which is essentially unheard of in this industry. And it's incredible. Right? Yeah, yeah, the health of. industry is so hard mm -hmm. to break into, especially I, I, I was at a conference last week that they said that the average sales cycle to get into a carrier is three years from the time you start talking to them. So to put into perspective, we're having this conversation at the end of July, right? Mm -hmm. You and I. The first like due diligence pitch that we did with Aetna, for instance, was September of last year. Oh so, God, so we're already under a year uh, with the traction that we've had with it. And that's incredible. 
Three years of sex less than a year. Like, right. Don't tell anybody right. else. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yes, I'm glad we put that into perspective because that's really amazing. Um, but let's talk mobile. Mm-hmm. So um, right now it's like all web-based. Um, so you have HTML5, responsive design, you know, mobile-friendly, but it's not a native mobile app. Yes. Uh, so what are the goals? Well, for 2018 and mobile and then just 2018 yeah. in general. I, I think 18, uh, we'll have placement so far and wide, right? I, I don't think, I think this year was about setting up distribution. Mm-hmm. Next year, distribution will occur because of all the hard work that the team put in this year. So then next year is really about the product accessibility because mm-hmm. you're going to have so many lives touching it and, and they're all going to have different ways that they're going to want to consume it. And, and I think that mobile has almost become a secondary thing or is about to. Mm-hmm. I think voice first is where we're moving, right? I, I think about Alexa and how many, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. I have Alexa and we're not going to get on her because <laughs> I talk about her so much. But they're expecting to ship 220 million Alexa-enabled devices over the next three years, oh right? That's just Amazon. Think about our watches, right? We mm-hmm. now don't even have to touch our phones because we can do that. Think about how soon it's going to be before we can just talk to our phone. Like or our watch, excuse like me, your, right. Yeah, right. book my perfect <laughs> Right, so that's what we want to do. The way that we look at it is not only can we get out and head in front of our model, which we think that we've done with how we view kind of redefining wellness, we look at uh, the uh, ability to access our product and services. We should be everywhere. So next year we'll, we'll be about going from, you know, just a mobile website to a mobile app, then probably an Apple Watch app, Probably to an Alexa skill. So I, I would hope by the end of 18, I'm, I'm sure our CTO is just shaking his head <laughs> pissed right now. Sorry, Adam. But uh, I, our goal, I think, should be to be everywhere that people want to be. And I think especially in the medical, health, and fitness space, the easier you can make it for especially populations that are not as uh, used to technology, which to me is where voice actually helps. Yeah. I, I know a lot of different trends I've been seeing where People won't use a cell phone or smartphone, but they love Alexa devices. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for us, if we can if we can put our product, if we can put our service where the people are, which is not just your phone, but it is your watch now, mm-hmm. and frankly, it is Alexa. You know, I'd love to be able to be at home, at my stand up desk, writing, and then just ask Alexa, "Hey, who else is going to class with me tonight, Alexa?" And have her tell me, "Oh, Claire's going, Megan's going, Susie's going." Right? Like, yeah. okay, cool. Make sure to book that class for me. Yeah. That's what we want to have happen. That would be amazing. I know, right? Like, I walk into my friend's house, I see, Alexa, turn on the lights. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, what yeah. was that 90s Disney movie? Like, Smart House? Oh, it's, it's a reality. And, 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 cool. and frankly, <laughs> if you think about it, there's not a lot of great apps there yet. So mm-hmm. I look at it as kind of the Wild West of let's get out and claim our land before anybody else does, right? Yeah. So there's, there's not a, a, a whole slew of amazing um, apps on your watch or on Alexa yet. So if we can be one of the first and best ways to support you consuming fitness, mm-hmm. I think that st- puts a stake in the ground of where everybody else has to meet us. Yeah. Oh, are you thinking about going global at all? Yeah. So <laughs> we were asked that question this year quite okay. a few times. Um, not that this is outside of the U.S. from uh, a state territory, but like we're looking at some employers in Hawaii, oh, and I'm okay. sure you can imagine the volunteer list to go and roll out that employer oh, is, you know, I'll go to Hawaii. Our, our programmers <laughs> probably want to go do that rollout. Um, no, so we're looking certainly outside of the continental U.S. Mm-hmm. and outside of the United States as a border. Uh, look, mind, body, 
Orange Theory, these are big fitness brands mm -hmm. um, that we have worked with. They have a presence outside of the U.S. And we always say, if there are studios, right, we can satisfy the other side, the demand side. Mm -hmm. So I think next year, distribution is kind of locked in by September of this year. We kind of know what we're going to be doing next year by September. Then it's time to start looking at new areas, right? And that's not just locations, right? So when you're in Europe, you could use PeerFit, yeah. right? It's not just that, <laughs> but I also think about new ways to consume PeerFit beyond just your employer, right? Yeah. Maybe it should be part of a rewards program, maybe with your Amex, maybe with your, you know, Marriott points. When I stay at a hotel, I'm a certain thing. They say, hey, Ed, while you're here, here's three credits. Why don't you go to any studios around the hotel? So I think that... Please do that. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> tell, tell Marriott to do that. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, that's how, once again, we see the future of kind of unbundled fitness, right? It goes back to our tagline, which is like redefine wellness. Yeah. Wellness should not just be worksite wellness. It should not just be your employer and, in, and your carrier, right? The other organizations in your life should care about it. Yeah. To wrap up, I guess, Ed, what is, do you have any little, any tips for anybody like embarking on this, this journey of a startup? Like what would you say to anyone who's starting their own company and, you know, in, in a realm where it's maybe not as easy, like enterprise, you're working with insurance companies. Yeah. Do you have any? Yeah, I, I would say, um, don't ever let other people's past experiences and past downfalls deter you, right? Be aware of them. Be mindful to not repeat the exact same thing. But on paper, there was no reason why we should have even gotten as far as we did, right? Enterprise wellness, you know, fintech software that is outside of New York and San Francisco, like the odds of making it are so minuscule. And then you look at the ability to raise capital, while Florida is one of what the top five largest states, when it comes to funding, we're like number 15th. Really? So, so not only are we in a disadvantage from being outside of certain markets, we're in an area where it's very difficult to get funding. Um, so the solution is you have to be incredibly passionate and persistent about what you're doing. Don't start a company just because you want to start a company. Mm -hmm. right? It should bleed into your brain every <laughs> night when you're trying to sleep that you just cannot believe that this problem exists and no one is solving it or no one has solved it better. Right? Yeah. If that's how you feel about it, trust me, then you've got good passion and I'm sure you'll be persistent about it. Um, but that would be my advice is if you have those two things, you can really accomplish anything. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. you. Ed, it was so nice to see you. It was great it was to see nice you. To talk to I'll you. see you in class this week. Yes. Thanks so much guys for listening. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our channels. We are on iTunes and SoundCloud and you can find us by searching the customer success channel. Uh, you can also search plan hat, check us out. Uh, share it with your friends who are interested in customer success or SaaS in general. And we will talk to you again next week. Next week, we have Tanya, the head of customer success from Aircall, joining us. So that'll be a really exciting interview. Thanks again.